Welcome to the Sermon Amp Podcast. I'm Joseph Wheat, pastor and host. And today we're going to be looking at one of the most important pieces of the full armor of God, those gospel shoes from Ephesians 6.15. But stick around till the second segment of the podcast and you'll meet a great young leader, one of our 20-somethings, Christopher Wolf. Christopher has a very interesting story that covers lots of miles, and he'll explain what I mean by that. But first, the Sermon Amp from Ephesians 6, 15. So the third piece of armor is those gospel shoes. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers in high places, evil powers over this present darkness. This is a formidable enemy, and it requires armor, armor from God. We get how the breastplate and the sword and the helmet and the shield are armor, but shoes? I mean, these aren't even like metal-clad shoes or boots. These, the Roman gay, they were like half boots, but really like sandals. But I'll tell you, the great military historians understand that this may very well be the most important part of this armor, at least for the Greeks and the Romans. All these armies had shields and breastplates and helmets, but empires were won by the shoes. These particular sandals had a feature that was unique. And you turned the sandal over and looked on the bottom, and there were studs like hobnails sticking out. And what that allowed the Roman soldiers to do was to really dig in and to grip the ground, but it also allowed them, when it's time to move and pursue, to really move quickly over varied terrain. And Roman soldiers were hard to beat, and it was the shoes that made the difference. They helped them stand their ground and then gain ground. The same thing with the spiritual armor, the shoes of the gospel of peace. You know, as we are wrestling, and the word is wrestling, it means hand-to-hand combat. Uh, When we're wrestling with forces of evil, with the devil or one of his hosts, we need to be able to stand our ground. Have you ever been wrestling with somebody or just horsing around? Maybe your brother, 12-year-old brother, when you were 10, jumped on you, and it was a fight to the death right there in the living room. It's all about leverage, and the person who slips is the one who gets beat, who loses. Well, if you're in a hand-to-hand combat situation and you slip, it's not just losing a wrestling match. That dude pulls his sword out and does away with you. So these Roman Caligay shoes were very important because they allowed you to not slip. We know that footwear is very important for different professions. Those steel-toed boots are very important for construction workers. I remember reading when I was a little boy with the Weekly Reader Club about the 1934 championship game of the NFL at the Polo Grounds in New York. It was nine degrees that day, and the the mud and all, it was kind of a choppy, chopped up field that had frozen, and the cleats just had no 
no way to uh, give stability. And someone had remembered in a college game how basketball shoes gave so much more stability in those conditions. So they sent their tailor, their team tailor, you know, that sewed up the uniforms, up to Manhattan College. They broke into the men's basketball locker room and took all the shoes. Next thing you know, this is like the Super Bowl of that time, NFL championship. The New York Giants come out facing the Chicago Bears, and they've got high-top basketball shoes on. Well, guess what? They went on to an incredible victory that day because it turns out that having the right footwear matters when you go into battle. Now, the text says that this is the gospel of peace. And when our foundation is the gospel of peace, our forgiveness, our relationship with God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that's where our confidence comes from. That's where faith comes from to really be able to wrestle. But you know, the other thing isn't just standing ground, it's gaining ground. And those armies could really get out ahead and they could surprise the other army by making faster time. And the other army wasn't ready and slam, there was the Roman legion that just came in and wins the day. I remember an old boy who was preaching in a preaching lab, you know, to us other seminary students. And he said, you know, y'all, seminary, I mean, uh, spiritual warfare, it's, it's like basketball. We're down there defending our end from Satan, trying to keep him from scoring on our side. He said, that's great, but every once in a while, we need to be dunking it on his side. Well, the gospel not only allows us to take our stand against the forces of evil, but it also allows us to stand ground and to gain ground. It is the gospel that turns Satan's territory into God's territory. It is nothing but the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. You know, I think of the early church. They were able to withstand so much in incredible persecution, but they were also able to gain so much in turning the world upside down. There's a lot more pressure coming right now and will be in the future on the faith once delivered to the apostles. And we need to really pay attention to this and walk in the grace of God, the truth of God, so that our faith is rooted in the gospel, so that we can stand our ground in Christ. But also, just like in the first century, hey, the more you persecute us, the more we're going to love you. Could we have the ability to not only stand our ground and stand on the scriptures, but also the ability to launch in love. Who knows what might happen? We know what happened in the first century. Who knows what could happen in the 21st century? Those gospel shoes are important. Welcome to the second segment on the podcast, and I am joined here by a great friend of mine that I've known since he was eight years old. That's right. We go back to 1998. His name is Christopher Wolf, and uh, we have a long history together. Maybe we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a little bit. But uh, Christopher, you like Chris or Christopher? Uh, it doesn't really matter. I know a lot of people call you Chris, but I've, I've done Christopher since 1998. Mm -hmm. So, um, Christopher, um, great to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you. 
So we go back to 1998, Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm the senior pastor of a church out there. And uh, you're kind of an international man of intrigue. Uh, so tell, tell us kind of where you lived the first part of your life and how y'all got to Colorado Springs. Yeah, so I was actually born in Colorado Springs. And then when I was relatively young, right around two years old, we moved to the Philippines. My parents were missionaries with Missions to the World. And so I, you know, I spent a lot of my younger years uh, right before I was till eight uh, in the Philippines. Do you remember the Philippines pretty well? Vividly. All right, so um, what are some things you remember about the Philippines? Yeah, so the very first place we lived was way out in the country. Um, I remember a lot of open spaces, lots of water, lots of trees. Um, and then we lived in Manila, which is the capital, and that's a completely different place from where we first grew up. Yeah. So, um, you know, comparatively, you'd think about a giant city, lots of pollution, cars all over the place, um, people. It was just, I mean, it was, you know, it was a lot of people packed together in one place. Um, we lived in the suburbs, uh, went to a place called Faith Academy, further in, in, town, in town. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you've got brothers and sisters, and all of them are members of Highlands Presbyterian That's right. Church That's as well. Right. So who are they? So uh, Caleb Wolf and Caitlin Wolf, you would recognize them. They you know usually sing together up front. Um, so they're they're the more musical side of the family. <laughs> we we were just in a meeting and I said, now Christopher, you sing, right? Yeah, I do. You need to be singing. He said, well, I don't quite enjoy it as much as my <laughs> brother and sister. That's right. Okay, I think it's interesting why your parents came off the mission field. And let me tell you, Rich and Lori Wolf uh, are missionaries, burning heart missionaries, regardless of where they are. That's Two right. of the most inc incredible believers I've ever known. I think it's interesting why they came off the field and why we got to meet you. Yeah, so, you know, in the, in the Philippines, I contracted a strain of polio that morphed into an aggressive bacterial infection that, you know, messed up my lungs pretty bad. And, you know, I mean, the care is okay over in the Philippines, but they wanted a second opinion. So they brought me over to the United States, and the intention was to come back for a year. We're going to check me out, see what needed to be done with my lung disease, and then move back. But when we came back, we realized that the situation in the Philippines with all the mildew and the mold wasn't going to be good for my lungs. Yeah. So my parents made the decision, you know, to, to call off their calling, you know, more or less to the Philippines and to, to be home, you know. Back to Colorado Springs, an alpine desert climate. That's right. That's right. No Perfectly mold. dry. Yeah, no mold <laughs> out there. Um, as Gina used to say, uh, great hair days, really bad skin days. Yeah, that makes she, sense. <laughs> she was putting a lot of lotion on her skin when we lived out there for seven and a half years. But we love the wolves. Uh, I'll have to get your uh, your siblings on the podcast. Mm -hmm. as well. I might bring them together. Um, that would be but entertaining. I, I do remember uh, Gina and I were down in Panama the country, uh, mm -hmm. Panama, and I was speaking at a conference, and we were on the beach with Rich and Lori, and you were there, yep. and um, and Caitlin came over, and we're, we were talking to her, and she was about to go to college, and she was going to go to another Christian college, and we said, why don't you come to Bellhaven? Mm -hmm. And um, lo and behold, she is the, the first person that comes across the bridge and then her, her brothers uh, came along as well. We are so grateful at Highlands um, for to have uh, you guys here, Christopher. Uh, this guy in front of me is very bright, very gifted, just an emerging teacher in our church. You're a great servant. Um, but there's also another great servant that happens to be in your family, and that would be Jennifer. Mm -hmm. um, Tell us about getting here, and you're being you're perfectly unattached and single, <laughs> and 
God, God brought a very special person. And talk a little bit about her. She has a great family, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jennifer, my wife, um, she actually grew up all over the place. Um, her dad's a pastor, so they moved a lot. She's, uh, you know, right now the family's from upstate New York. Um, so she came down to Bellhaven, you know, from the other side of the United States. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she just she comes from a family that's really just concerned about you know the Christian faith and living it out. Um, and How so, many yeah. kids? She is one of seven, so they have a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. So where does she land on the birth order? She's right in the middle. So like, she shares a twin. Too. Yeah. So she shares a twin. Yeah. So I think technically she's older. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got it. Um, she's wonderful. Uh, we fell in love with her immediately. I told. I told. Uh, Christopher said, man, how, how how did you talk that girl into marrying you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you recall saying that it was too quick, you know, because we got engaged very quickly. Um, but, but you said that she's of such caliber that it, it's a yeah, good thing. Yeah, like, how did God do this? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, you, uh, you've never been one who has been uh, had lack of determination. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we adore her, and uh, and we'll get to your, your work in a minute, but... Lo and behold, how many years later, and your family changes again? Uh, what are we referring to? Children. Oh, to children. Oh, yes, yes. So we have, you know, we have a child. She is a year and a half old and very vivacious. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're in the midst of figuring out what it means to be parents. Yes. Yeah. What is her whole name? It's Elizabeth Lorelai Wolf. Elizabeth Lorelai Wolf. So, can you tell us how you selected y'all selected that name? You yeah. And, so you we wanted Jennifer. family names. Um, so mm-hmm. Elizabeth is a family name on her side. Um, we really like it as a first name. And then Lorelai, my, my mother's name is Lori, and so um, you know we decided on Lorelai okay. as the uh, as the you know appeal there for a family name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, she's got cousins to play with. Yes, she does. Yeah. So Caitlin my sister David, Caitlin yeah. has three kids of her own. <laughs> so lots of kiddos. So what's great about that, y'all, is Rich and Lori, uh, the parents that we're very close to. I mean, they are some of our closest friends in Colorado Springs. They come here all the time. There's something magnetic about all these grandchildren being at Highlands and here in Mississippi, and they have the biggest smile on their face when they're here. And mm-hmm. people in our church love your parents. You know, it's been great to connect with them. Um, so anyway, let's go back to uh, you finishing Bellhaven. And then, um, you know, you've been in ministry your whole life, and you're, you're yep. trying to figure out God's call in your life. And uh, so you head to... Yeah, I went to RTS down in, uh, down in Clinton, right on the border of Jackson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been through. I have my MDiv officially, so... Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, you're, you're kind of a student. Um, another little interesting Christopher Wolf factoid. Uh, Christopher is a good writer. He loves to write. How many books have you written? Oh, lots, lots. I only, you know, I've one published and one upcoming. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So, what is the name of your book uh, that that is upcoming? It's called Tales from Tothaloon. And you can tell that Tothaloon is a place that Christopher has made up. Yes, it is very so it's much kind of the fantasy <laughs> very genre. Very much fantasy. Right? Yeah. Like, um, like uh, Tolkien and and that mm-hmm. type of thing, which is cool. I've read one of your books. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it's called the True Lie, or, or the, yeah, the Truth of a Lie. The Truth of a Lie. What a provocative title. Um, you have to read the book to uh, to know what that means. So, um, so coming out of seminary, just uh, we've had many talks about okay, what what is the Lord's will. Uh, if y'all knew Christopher like I do, he he is not your typical dude that went to seminary that just says, okay, he's going to be a senior pastor or he's going to do this. 
Uh, he's gifted in some really interesting ways. That's and, a nice uh, way to put it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, it really is. It's great. And um, so we, I, I've always really prayed. You and I have always really prayed together, like literally together, and I've always prayed for you. And um, one of the things I've appreciated about you is you've, you've really not wanted to do something until you felt like the Lord had really called you to it. And so, so interesting how business as mission mm-hmm. kind of, uh, and just, you know, just living that reformed world and life view, um, how, did, how did that kind of happen for you? And, yeah. what, and, and tell kind of, you can give the kind of the, the, the progression of, of okay. that. So yeah, I was, you know, I was on path. I got accepted for candidacy. Highlands was gracious enough to, to take me on. The session accepted me. And the moment that I finished my interview with the Presbytery here in Mississippi, I started feeling a little disquiet. Um, and it was good because it, it forced me to really reflect on the decisions I was making career-wise and asking myself, you know, what does the Lord want for my life? Um, talked to Joseph, uh, <laughs> talked to Lee when he was here, talked to my dad, and everybody said the same thing. And it's, you don't have to be a pastor. Um, and it was interesting how much the Lord used that to confirm, you know, some of my my anxiety in the area. And you know, lo and behold, the place where I'd been waiting tables to help pay for seminary, you know, the the gentleman was looking for a manager, and I'd fit the bill, and so, you know, I had and an what's opportunity. What's the name of this place? It's Ely's Restaurant and Bar, um, right Which, down... Which, y'all, that's one of the best restaurants in our entire area. I'm not just saying that because Christopher's sitting in front of me. It is really, really special. Yeah, we have the benefit of Gina, Gina and I are going to come, and I, we said, we're not coming unless we get the whole Christopher treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have the benefit of having a lot of uh, Highlands people that come to Ely's. Um, they're always very supportive and gracious, and we're thankful for that. That's neat. And and what I've seen in you is, um, you know, if you can think of somebody who's bright and kind of driven and wants to do, but but really wants to do what's right, whose parents have just, I mean, uh, all of these wolf children seek the counsel of their parents. Now you might say, well, what's so unusual about that? Well, that is, that's not always usual, and there's just such a seamlessness in your family and your parents are. I've just noticed that they're such go-to people. Uh, they're very collegial with you. They're, they've kind of moved out of that into that coaching. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and Gina and I say, man, we've moved from coaching to consulting. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the difference on that is is like consulting you, until they ask you, you you know, you don't really get as deeply involved. But your parents are great at that mm-hmm. role, and um, it's been really interesting just to see your relationship with your parents as well. Um, Christopher, it's been also interesting just to see you, um, you know, you're one of those people, and I guess the son of a missionary, you would have seen this modeled on the mission field, like, hey, what needs to happen? I'm happy to help, (laughs) and uh, you really are, but really have that heart for teaching, and, um, you know, I get good feedback from your your teaching. You put a lot into it. yeah, you know, remember uh, Chariots of Fire where, where Eric Little said, when I run, I feel God's yeah, pleasure. Do you yeah, feel yeah. that in teaching? Yeah, I do. I just, there's, you know, and I think it's, you know, selfishly, there's something about spending quality time, you know, really with the Lord and in His Word that pays dividends in my own life, and then getting an opportunity to share that and to help people enjoy what the Lord has put on my heart is just, I mean, it's such a blessing. Yeah, you know, in my own life, I always had this joke, I'm not sure what kind of a Christian I'd be if I wasn't a pastor, if I didn't, you know. (laughs) But I was, just to to set the record straight, I was a Christian before I was a pastor, so hopefully we have an answer to that. 
Um, but yeah, I'd get that, you know, and so teaching is rich for you as well. Mm-hmm. And then Jennifer was on our staff uh, as the, uh, the, 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 the director of uh, female ministry for our junior high. And those junior high girls just love no, her. They, love, they still love Jennifer now yeah. that they're older. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. I remember the years ago when she first came on, and I could see them following her like little ducklings yeah. <laughs> across the, uh, the the fellowship hall, you know, on a Wednesday night. Um, you know, there's not many people that you've known for 29 minus 8, whatever that is, years. That makes you important in my life. Um, and then also, um, just to be able to watch you grow up and, and then the most unheard of thing to move to Mississippi of all places and to be able to reconnect with you, uh, has been such a joy for me and for Gina and your siblings and therefore your parents, that Mm -hmm. magnetism that brings them down here, um, I don't think the congregation knows that connection. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I know you've taught in the younger communities and you've mm-hmm. taught with youth. So a lot of the congregation doesn't hasn't had the benefit of hearing you teach as well. So I kind of wanted to have Christopher Wolf come on the podcast and just <laughs> talk about your life and um, your family and God's providence in your, your life and then talk about our relationship. Um, a little bit about Highlands here at the end. Okay. So, you know, originally, uh, you know, one of the came to Mississippi, immediately wanted to find a church. I can thank my parents for telling me how important that would be in college. And I refused to go to Highlands right away uh, because it would be comfortable. You know, it would be easy. That's where your sister went. Yeah, that's where my sister went. I I did the same thing with Bellhaven and ended up going there too. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, I went to a couple of the places and then I finally visited Highlands. And there's just, there's something, there's something warm about Highlands. Uh, there always has been. And so, you know, in many ways, another thing that I can thank my parents for is that, you know, when I made the decision to stay here, um, I really wanted to be here and I wanted to be invested and I wanted to, you know, give my time, my gifts and my talents to the church that I, you know, that I grew with and that I enjoyed. Yeah. Well, you guys are loved. And Christopher, we, we just had a meeting in my office. We were just catching up and I said, do you have 20 minutes? I want to interview you. So we just walked down the hall. I really appreciate this. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to kind of introduce you to more folks at Highlands. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Welcome to segment three, Joseph's Pocket Full of Vision. And I'm pulling out of my theoretical pocket some encouragement and help for you on your Bible reading again. And it has to do with cross-references. If your Bible has those little scriptures uh, that are in the middle or or on the edge uh, of the text, some are underneath the text, that kind of allow you to look at what the verse in the text you're reading is and then go to a cross-reference, another scripture from the Old or New Testament. Just following a few of those can really give you the bigger picture and the story of the interconnectedness of what's going on in the text. Be a detective. Check a few, read a few cross-references as you study your Bible. That's your pocket full of vision.